Hey everyone, it's Friday, 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 all right. And so what we're talking about today is losing weight on a Friday, right? Who wants to do that, right? No one, but that's the point of the talk, is to think about your weight loss, oops, excuse me, in a more realistic way. Instead of being all or nothing, right? Because when you're on a diet and all or nothing, Friday's a nightmare. And so what we want to do is make Friday part of the whole process. And I think this is instrumental and fundamental in how you're thinking about your weight mastery. So how do you lose weight on a Friday? I think the secret is, now this is my opinion, so obviously you always tailor everything to yourself. Um, that, that's how we do it around here. But um, the idea about Friday for me, the way I lose weight on a Friday is I will go out tonight and I will eat pretty much whatever I want to eat. For a while, that going to make you lose weight. <laughs> Because it's about balance, you know? Um, most humans need some variety. And so I think if your diet weight loss plan is that, you know, from this point until you lose the weight, you're gonna just be real strict and miserable and not eat anything you like, I think the chances of that working are very low. And more importantly, is once you lose the weight, if that's your plan is just to be perfect with your eating, I think it's gonna be very difficult to maintain that because it's boring. And you have nothing to look forward to. It just feels depriving and it starts to feel like, well, what's the point of this? I'm miserable. Weight's going down, but I'm miserable. And so the idea of how to lose weight on a Friday is really, I'm joking a little bit, but it's really more strategic. And so it doesn't have to be a Friday for you, right? It comes down to however you want to structure it. But for me, I've got five days where I'm really focused on eating clean. Right? It doesn't mean that I eat clean all the time, but that's the intention. That's the goal. Um, and I want to eat for fuel. I want to really fuel my body, nourish my body. And then on the weekend, right, they take the two days and I'm eating way more for pleasure. And so this structure has been so helpful for me because the whole week when I'm eating clean, I'm looking forward to the Friday and the Saturday eating, you know? And so why this matters too, by the way, I just want to, this isn't just some strategy I came up with. This is literally, it's stra strategizing around dopamine, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about dopamine because that's why this works. So dopamine is a chemical in your brain that's really driving all of your behavior. And so the reason that you like cookies or ice cream is because when you eat them, your brain releases dopamine. And literally dopamine is what feels good, right? So you have to understand, like we have to go beyond just the words. There's just the feeling of things that feel good, right? Why do you, why do you like ice cream and not like, uh, you know, vegetables, right? It's because... The, the, and specifically, it's the calories, right? The, your body knows the calories are there. And so it releases dopamine because you have a body and a brain that evolved in a food-scarce environment. And so when there was food around, the more of it you ate, the better chance you had of surviving, right? There's literally a thing called spontaneous voracity. And this is literally like back in a food-scarce environment, if you just ate a bunch of food and then you come across some more, it was it helped your survival chances if you could eat more of that food because you never knew when you're going to be out of food, right? So we live in these brains and these bodies that always think that after today, there's going to be no more food. After this meal here, there's going to be no more food. And so they're driving us to eat as much as possible because that's how the brain and body are thinking, okay? And so what's driving that process, though, is dopamine. And so we have two dopamine circuits, okay? We have a dopamine desire circuit, that routes through our limbic system, our more emotional brain. And then we have a dopamine control circuit that wires through our prefrontal cortex, which is more of our executive functionings, our logic, our willpower, you know, all the things that make us human. And so 
the way dopamine works is it's like a salesperson. It's always, it's like the grass is greener molecule. It's always driving us to, to do things. Okay. Now this gets really interesting because you literally have more wiring in your brain for the anticipation of pleasure than the actual pleasure itself. Think about this, right? Because this, this becomes really important with what I'm talking about, with the structure of it. And I think if you get this, it, it'll, it'll change the way you think about planning your food out, right? Because I'm, I'm going to bring this, I'm bringing this home. It's going to be full circle. So think about that, right? You have more wiring in your brain for the anticipation of the pleasure you're going to get than the actual eating of the food. Why is that? Because it takes a lot more effort to get the food, right? It's like once the food's in front of you to eat it and eat it, that, that's the easy part. It's the looking forward to it where we're imagining how it's going to taste. Oh, thanks for that. What is that, a little alien? A little tiny dining? Oh, it's a dinosaur. That's cute. Thank you. Um, we have more wiring for the anticipation of pleasure because it promotes seeking behavior. The seeking, the getting of the food is the hard part, right? That's like going to the store and even getting the food is the hard part. Once it's there in front of you, that's the easy part. So we want to recognize this process. So what that means is once you understand that a lot of the pleasure is the anticipation, the looking forward to it, then you can start to really understand the strategy of having some clean days and some pleasurable days because it is the anticipation of the weekend. It's the anticipation of eating the foods that I find really pleasurable that help me get through those clean eating times. Okay. Now, simultaneously on, on the weekend, it's, it's practicing getting back on Monday through Friday with my clean eating. It's knowing what I'm going to eat that I'm manipulating dopamine as well. So I'll get to that in one second. But this idea that you're going to diet and lose weight by completely cutting out anything that's pleasurable for you until you reach your goal weight is probably not going to work because what happens is it causes a huge drop in dopamine overall. Yeah, right? And so what happens is you start feeling de depressed, deprived, and that's a very difficult state to stay consistent eating well, right? Because your brain starts thinking, what the hell's the point? I'm miserable. This sucks. It, it, it affects, again, with the dopamine, you have to stop thinking about it in words and understand it in an experience, right? Why do you look forward to eating cookies, ice cream, chips, things like that, right? There's no logic there. You're not talking yourself into eating it, right? It's a pleasurable thing because when you eat it, your brain releases dopamine. And then what happens is your brain is wants more of that dopamine. So it knows the way that it got it last time is it ate those chips and those foods, okay? And so we want to understand this process and hack it, use it to support us in reaching our goals. And so when you strategically structure your eating and you have some times where you're going to eat the foods you like, now some people call it a cheat day. I don't like that framing, you know, because for me, it's not a cheat. It's, it's, it's part of the whole process, you know, um, and I've been living this way for a long time. And, and it's like, I've made an agreement with myself, you know, do I want to eat the pleasurable foods all the time? I do, but I also recognize that if I do that all the time, it's actually less pleasure, you know, because then I got weight issues, health issues. I don't feel as happy with what I'm doing. And when I do eat the pleasurable foods, it starts to normalize, you know, and I have to just keep more and more and more and more and more. I become resistant to the pleasure. So this way here, I really am strategically manipulating the pleasure so that I can get the most pleasure out of the food possible. And I think this way of restricting it to a couple days a week is, is that way, right? It's like if we had Christmas every day, it wouldn't be special, right? It's kind of like that idea. And, and it's a real idea, okay? It, it's again, it's based on neuroscience and your brain chemicals. Okay, so that's the first part, right? Is that, so I guess what I'm talking about is structure my eating. When I say about how do you lose weight on, on a Friday, what I'm really talking about is structuring your eating and 
not thinking about depriving yourself on the Friday, because to me, this is the cel- this is the start of the celebration day. I'm celebrating having a great week of eating, you see, and it feels right. It feels good. And so all of that is part of a bigger process that I use to get myself to eat well during the five days is I'm looking forward to that Friday and Saturday. How can I get the most enjoyment out of my Friday, Saturday, Sunday eating? And the way I get the most enjoyment out of that is to know I ate great all week. That's for me anyways, okay? So that's the first part of the dopamine is that I know I'm looking forward to those couple days when I know I can eat what I want. And just the imagination of knowing what I'm gonna eat that I find enjoyable pulls me through that. Now I'm not just saying this, they literally did a study, you can look this up, where they had people test different phrases um, that they could say when they were tempted with unhealthy cravings. Um, so they would they would bring like a, a, a tray of like desserts to them and um, they would have people say different things in order to help them kind of say no to it. What was the most effective? And so they would say things like, no, I can't eat that. I shouldn't eat that. I'm on a diet. And then the big one though, the one that actually ended up being the best phrase by a mile was I will have that later. Okay, so think about this. It goes right back to the dopamine. So if we say I, you know, we're shown some desserts and we say, well, I'm on a diet, I can't have that. What happens is a huge drop in dopamine. Your brain says, oh, I'm never going to be able to have a dessert again. And it starts like living in this imagination where the, the dopamine drops tremendously and you feel deprived, you feel discouraged, you feel frustrated, you don't know why you're doing this. Okay. As opposed to saying, I'll have it later. Well, now all of a sudden there's a little bit of a dip in dopamine. You're not going to have it now, but your brain's like, okay, well, I'll have it later. So you haven't taken it away completely and dropped the dopamine to the floor. You've just dripped it a little bit because you say, okay, I can't have it now, but I'll have it soon, okay? And this is the real secret to working with your mind as opposed to trying to fight against it, all right? So that's the first part is structuring the five days and knowing there's those two days you can look forward to. And those two days of building up the anticipation, again, it's, it's like pleasure delaying, right? And so it, fe- it can feel good and you can use that as a strategy. Now, here's the other side of the, of the process. So then we have the two days and now we go, go back again. We, we keep cycling through it. And so now we have the two days we're eating well but then Monday, I'm right back on track again. So by structuring my eating that way, every single week, I'm setting up those five days and looking forward to the f- two days to keep my motivation high. And then on those two days, I'm getting back on track every week. Every Monday, I'm practicing getting back on track, which is the most important skill that you need to develop if you want to master your weight. Okay, We're in the mindset a lot of times of weight loss, or we think we just need to be perfect. That's bullshit. Being perfect is something you can do for a little bit of time, for a temporary amount of time. But as soon as you get into a conversation about weight mastery, living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot, there's no perfection. And so what you have to do is you have to come up with strategies about how to get back on track fast. That's what's going to have the biggest impact on your weight mastery. Your ability to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life is not about being perfect. It's about being able to get back on track fast. And every single week I'm practicing that. Every single week, my Monday, I'm going back on track. So that when I get off track randomly, I'm good at getting back on track. Okay, so that's another skill I'm developing. Now, the final piece of this puzzle in terms of dopamine is that on my Monday through Friday, I eat the same breakfast and the same lunch every day. Now, don't freak out. That might be, you know, I could never do that. Fine. You come up with as much variety as you need, but you don't need as much variety as you probably think you do. Okay, and so what you want to do, probably the most important thing you could do strategically to eat better is to know what you're going to eat. Now, it doesn't have to be every meal. So so for dinner, I'm not sure what I'm going to eat. There's more variety there and there's more spontaneity with the dinners. Um, But the breakfast and lunch, I know what I'm going to eat. Now, why is this important? Okay, let's assume I didn't know what I was going to eat for lunch. Right. let's just say. 
I used to eat pizza and sandwiches for lunch, right? And now I say, you know what? I'm going to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to eat better, okay? So I'm not going to eat the, the chicken and the, the chicken sandwiches and the, and the grinders and pizza for lunch anymore. And so you, but you haven't thought about what you're going to eat. And so let's just say you, you eat at a cafeteria. Let's say you, you work in a, in a company and they got a cafe, cafe there. And so you go to the cafe and for the last three years, usually you get a sandwich and fries or something on that, that line. And so it's happening. You haven't decided anything yet. So you're walking to that cafe and your mind is thinking about, your mind is thinking about the sandwiches, the pizza, the stuff you always ordered. And now what's going on is you're walking there and say, I'm not going to eat those things. And now it gets to the point of saying, okay, I'm not going to get that. Maybe I'll get a salad. Now there's a huge drop in dopamine because your mind, it was still uncertain. And so your mind's still thinking about what you normally eat. And now you get into the moment, you consciously say, I'm not going to eat that. Give me the salad. There's a huge drop in dopamine. Good luck with that. That's not, I don't think it's going to work for you. It wouldn't work for me. Didn't work for me. So what's the alternative? Well, I know. So what do I eat for breakfast? I'll go to that in a second, but I'll, I'll stick with lunch for right now. So Monday through Thursday, I eat a salad. I have a salad every day for lunch. Now what happens is when I wake up, when I go to sleep on Sunday night, I know in my head that I'm going to eat a salad for lunch on Monday. Okay. That's, that's the programming in my mind. I know I'm going to eat that salad. So as lunch approaches, I'm not wondering like, oh, should I eat a salad? Should I have a chicken sandwich? Because even if you want to eat healthy, if you don't know what you're going to eat and you haven't decided, your brain is going to think about things and it's going to think about the good stuff. And so as soon as I, if I go wake up Monday and I'm like, okay, let's eat healthy today, but I don't have any plan. And then I just expect lunch is going to come. I'm just going to make a healthy decision. I'm working against myself because I'm thinking in my mind, back in my mind, I'm thinking about stuff. Oh, I got a pizza, I got chips. And especially as you start getting hungrier, right? So let's say, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to eat for lunch, but I'm going to, I'm not going to eat the chicken stuff anymore. I'm on a diet. I'm going to eat well, right? No specifics, right? And so what happens is as you get closer to it, you start getting hungrier, and now you're thinking like now, now again, the dopamine's like, oh, we can have the sandwich, we can have the fruit, we, we can have the French fries, we can have pizza, we can have all this stuff. Then you say, no, no, I want, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to have salad. Huge drop in dopamine, okay? You're screwed. It's a horrible strategy, you know? So me, I know Sunday night, Monday, Thursday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to have a salad. Is it the greatest thing? No. I, I like tuna melts. I like sandwiches. I like all that stuff a lot more. It tastes better, okay? But I know for my happiness, for my real goals, the salad's going to serve me well. So I know Sunday night, I'm going to eat a salad the next four days for lunch. Okay. So now I don't even think about lunch. You see what I mean? Like understand my subconscious program. I'm not evaluating different options of what I can eat. I already know I'm going to eat the salad. And so what happens is I'm not getting the spike of dopamine I would get if all of a sudden I had a, you know, a tuna melt or, you know, pizza or whatever those hyper palatable foods are. However, I'm not getting a drop in dopamine either because my, the dopamine is relative to what you expect. And so I expect that I'm going to eat a salad. And so because I expect I'm going to eat a salad, I don't really question. I don't go through all these mental gymnastics and I don't get any drops in dopamine. Don't get the spikes, but I don't get the drops. And I just eat it. And I eat these salads like you would take a vitamin. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's just something I do to nourish my body. Imagine this. Imagine consuming food for fuel. So boring, right? But it's like you should probably have a couple times of the week where you're really optimizing what you're going to eat based on how it's going to nourish your body. Jesus. I mean, people now, it's like it's like everything's got to be a celebration when you're going to eat, you know? And it's like, do what you want. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you're going to do what you want to do. Um, but if you really want to master your weight, I think structuring your eating, that's the one thing I would say. My, the golden rule of my program is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. 
The one exception that I consistently find is I do not know how you would change your weight if you didn't structure your reading. I just don't know how that would possibly work because of all these these brain things I'm talking about. And there's a lot more than that. I'm just kind of, I'm keeping just focused on dopamine for today, but there's so many things. So I don't know how you would possibly, like for me, because I've done it sometimes, right? Because occasionally just something happens and I don't have my salad's ready and I go through this. And so it's like, I don't know what I'm going to eat for lunch. Well, so what's happening? I'm going to wait till lunch and then decide. I'm going to wait till I'm hungry. I'm going to decide based on whatever's just there, right? Good luck, you know? Oh, thank you. I'm glad you're enjoying this. So again, when you start structuring your eating and it takes a little bit to get used to it, right? That's another part of this whole process is, you know, again, the way you approach weight loss is just all willpower. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm just going to force myself, you know, and it's such a shitty strategy. It's just, it's not a strategy. It's a tactic, you know, to try and use willpower to fight against yourself is your weight loss approach in a nutshell. And it doesn't work. You know, again, it's not your fault. Um, your brain's not designed to do that. Your, your willpower, by the way, is a prefrontal cortex process. Your prefrontal cortex is about 10% of your brain right? The other 90% is running your habitual behaviors. So good luck with that approach. Good luck. You know, I don't think it's going to work. And so instead, what you want to do is you want to program your subconscious mind. So I program my subconscious mind to eat salads Monday through Thursday, you know? And so again, the way I think about it, the way I do it, it's all very automated. You know, so you say, well, that's boring. I mean, yeah. You know what? If you want to master your weight, you're probably going to have to get comfortable with boring, but boring is relative. You know, yeah, my, my, what I eat for lunch is probably boring. It's definitely boring. It's more boring than how I used to eat. It's more boring than how a lot of people eat. However, let us not forget the excitement, because <laughs> what's the opposite of boring? The excitement, the, uh, let, let me look at this. Up. I want to look up some words for, for the opposite of boring, because I'm really curious about this, because you'll see where I'm going with this too. Let's see. Exciting would, would be where we're going to go. I'll look up some thesaurus words. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what I'm eating for lunch is boring. Oh, a salad four days a week? That's boring. I could never do that. Right? That's why I always hear people say that to me. Okay, granted, the salads are boring, okay? However, I find it thrilling, stimulating, exhilarating, interesting, stirring, mind-blowing, electrifying, rousing, intoxicating even, fascinating, gripping to master my weight. I love living at the weight I want to be at as the healthiest version of myself that I can pretty much be. There's always little things I could tweak, right? But I find the effects of eating those salads, the outcomes of eating those salads four days a week, I find them absolutely everything except boring, <laughs> okay? So, you know, this is where it comes down to is that I always say to people subconsciously, what I look to do to people that I work with in the simplest way possible is that subconsciously the way that you think about food, and this has happened because you've been hypnotized by millions of food ads in your life. You have been hypnotized to think about food in terms of the consumption, right? When you think about like, like what you're going to eat, it's always about like having it there, the, a little bit of anticipation and then the consumption of eating it. And then that's it. You make a little movie and that's the movie. What I would suggest you do is let that movie play out just a little bit longer, another 10 minutes, and start to focus on the consequence. Because the consequences happen in one way or another. Whether you pay attention to it or not, that consequence is right there. But what I do to people is I subconsciously orient them, not just on the consumption phase of the eating, but also the consequence that's just five minutes after the consumption. And especially the mental and emotional consequence that follows that decision. So that if I'm tempted to eat ice cream, I did this today. I went to my mom's to pick up my son 
and I hadn't eaten breakfast yet. And so she made, she made fresh baked cinnamon rolls that she had made. Okay. And so I'm sitting there and it's like, I smell them as I walk in and I'm hungry and yeah, I want to eat them. Right. But now again, cause I want to, I want to show this to you because this is the opposite of needing willpower. This is a strategy to eat better that that's not revolving around willpower, willpower. Now there is some willpower being used, but it's willpower to get me to just think about what the consequences and not in a way like I'm not trying to like scare myself or whatever. It's very matter of fact. It's very calm, relaxed, looking at the options. And so what I do is I can feel the dopamine starting to drip and I'm starting to like, oh man, I would love to eat that. I love cinnamon rolls. Okay. And so it's all that stuff's going in and I say, oh, I'm going to have one, but then I've gotten used to. So what I do right after the, the side of that is I'm saying, how am I going to feel five minutes from now when I finish it? Now I've, I've done this enough. I've, I've eaten the cinnamon rolls a bunch of times. I've, I've eaten the, like, so in my mind, now this is me, not you perhaps, but for me, if like the first thing I eat in the day is like a donut, um, a cinnamon roll, uh, croissants, you know, any muffins. When I start my day with that, even if it's on the weekend where I will eat those things, but if I start my day with that, I don't feel good. It doesn't feel good. I don't like having that as a base. I, I just don't. And so now when I walk in there, the first reaction, I want to eat that. The second thing that's almost instantaneous at this point for me now is what's the consequence going to be? And the consequence is going to be that I'll eat it and then I probably won't eat my normal breakfast. And now I'm going to have a cinnamon roll in my stomach for the day to start the day off. Now, my whole day requires me to have a lot of energy. It, it doesn't require, I want to have a lot of energy. <laughs> I want to make TikToks. I want to make videos. I want to work on my business. I want to help people. I want to coach people. I want to do a lot of things. I want to have a, a fun, productive, successful day. And if I eat that cinnamon roll, I just, I know I won't because I know how it feels. I feel kind of empty I just don't, I don't like how it feels. It's, I don't want to, the first things on my body is a spike of blood sugar. And then all the insulin comes in and wops, wipes it down. Then I don't have to fight with sugar cravings all day. So it's like, I don't want it. So in my mind, I think about that. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Notice that difference. This is what I'm trying to tell you because you just, you think weight loss is just so willpower oriented. And what's happening with you is you're like, oh my God, cinnamon roll. I want that cinnamon, that cinnamon so bad. I want it so bad. No, no, you can't have it. You can't have it, but I want it so bad. No, you can't have it right? And you have no ability to manipulate that desire you feel for it. But the desire is being controlled by how you're thinking in your mind, your subconscious thought processes. And so for me, my subconscious process is what's going to happen five minutes after I'm done? Well, five minutes after I'm done, I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm not going to feel good. I've, I've done it a million times, you know? So I know what it feels like. and I, I just don't want to feel that way. So I'm not telling myself I can't have it. I'm telling myself, Jim, if you want to have the cinnamon roll, have it. If you don't want it, don't have it. Well, let's think about it. It tastes good and it's it's good for a little bit. I like it. But then the other side, I have so many things I want to do today and this is going to make it harder to do them. I know if I eat this, I know for a fact, because I've done this a million times, that I'm going to have a crash around 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, right when I want to start making videos. And making videos is hard enough as it is. <laughs> so it's like if all of a sudden I got a crash, it's just it just puts my day in the wrong road. I don't, I don't want that. And so I sit there and I, I'm just indifferent to it. I'm thinking about I want to start my day with my normal breakfast. So I, I can't stress this enough because what you're doing is you're subconsciously generating all this desire for the food and you're trying to use your willpower to fight against it. I use the metaphor of like the way you're trying to stop yourself from eating is like if you were driving your car and you wanted to stop, but you kept your foot down on the gas pedal and then you just tried pushing on the brake really, really hard, right? And that metaphor is the same thing here because subconsciously and lifestyle wise, you're cranking up your cravings 
and you're trying to fight against them with your willpower. And it's a very ineffective approach. And so it's a much better approach is to subconsciously understand how you're generating these desires. Okay. And you don't even realize it because you've, they've been implanted there by all the, the food ads you've seen in your life, all the experiences you've had, the culture we live in. Okay. So it, you have to take control of this process. But I put myself in that situation. There was no feeling of deprivation. Do you understand that? Because it wasn't me saying, oh my God, I want one so bad, and I, but I can't have one. That, that was not the conversation. The conversation was, yeah, they taste good. I, I like having them. If it was Saturday and I didn't really have a full day of work, I, I, would, I would eat one, you know? But it's Friday and it's like I have a full day planned and I've already planned out my mind how I want the day to go. And if all of a sudden I throw this sugar, you know, um, flower bomb in my body, it, it's going to make it harder to do those things. And I don't want to do that. These other things are way more important to me. So, so pay attention. I know this like sounds subtle, maybe this little thing, but the reason I chose, this is going to blow your mind. I think the reason I chose not to eat the cinnamon roll in that moment was because I got more pleasure out of not eating it in the moment. Can you, did you get what I'm saying? Do you see how that's different than what you've been doing? You've been thinking that the desire, the pleasure is eating the, the cinnamon roll and you try and stop yourself from doing it. And what I'm describing here is that I'm running a subconscious, a different subconscious process that allows me to feel more desire to not eat it, to get that. So when you start thinking that way about food, it makes the whole process so much easier. You don't realize how energy intensive it is the way you're trying to lose weight. You have these subconscious processes that run automatically. Right. Think about this. The part of your brain, like you could not ride a bike for 50 years, get on a bike and just be able to ride it. Okay. And so that part of your brain that stores all of your learned behaviors, right? You can walk, run, ride a bike, use a computer mouse, write with your hand, type, but you can do all this stuff automatically because it's stored in your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind is very energy efficient. It can just run these processes automatically. And what you try to do when you try and lose weight is you try and use your conscious willpower and fight against these processes. And it's like, it just feels like this. And eventually you get tired of bored and those processes just start running again, just like they always did because they never got changed. And this is why you can change your behaviors for a little while, but then you go back to how you were, you see? And so the real solution to not just lose weight, that's such a shitty goal to want to lose weight because that's not even your goal, right? Your real goal is that you want to get back to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. Upgrade your goal, please. If you get nothing else out of this, realize that you don't want to lose weight, right? Because if I ask you, how long do you want to lose the weight for? You're going to say forever. You know, and just by the way, subconsciously, your mind doesn't understand what lose weight means. It just, it's not a clear picture. Which one's clearer to you? Which one feels more compelling and clear? I just want to lose the weight as fast as I can, or I want to lose the weight, return to my goal weight and live the rest of my life at my goal weight on your autopilot, right? One's much more clear and concise to your subconscious mind because your subconscious mind's almost like a computer. Like you have to be very specific and accurate with how you communicate with it. Okay. Um, all right. So I want to, I want to get some questions here and, uh. I hope that helps. A great live. Thank you. You're welcome. This way of thinking helps so much. I do this all the time. Super. Great job, Joyce. I like to start my day with a bar of chocolate and diet Mountain Dew. I only do that occasionally. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's what I mean. Like, like it's, I just made a video like this. It, it's like, you don't have to give up your favorite foods to lose weight. You just need to be more strategic with them, you know? And so I think this is such a crucial point. Like, and I, I mean, I could go on the diet. I'm not going to do it today. Today, I'm going to leave the diet thing alone because I'm just tired of talking about it for this week. But um, you, you, that that gets to a good point though. This idea, because because you know, like I can't stop talking about the diets. Darn it, I, I wanted to. 
But here's the thing, right? You can't even separate weight loss from diets at this point. Like you can't imagine losing weight in any other way other than dieting. You know what I mean? It's infected your thinking so deeply that you can't even consider or think about a way to lose weight that's not a diet, you know? And so the diets, subconsciously diets are short term. They're temporary. You're going to diet until you lose the weight. And that's as far as you think about it. Okay. And so if you think about something short term for a little while, well, yeah, sure. You can give up anything for a little while. You can do anything for a little while. That's how you're thinking about it. But you have to understand that your weight loss, the way you think about it is a temporary thing. It's not a long-term solution that you're working on. In my program, it's all about weight mastery from the very first second of the program. It's based on how can we develop a way of thinking, living, and eating that allows you to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life. That's the, that's the intention. That's the goal. And I always say, like, my program is the number one weight mastery program on the planet. I mean, it's simple because I'm the only one that has a weight mastery program. I, I literally don't know another person. And so the orientation is completely different from the, I just want to lose weight, you know? But this idea that you can never eat the food you like, I think is complete ass backwards. I think you want to take the foods you like the most and use them the way I just described. Eat them strategically. Put them a couple days a week where you can eat them. Focus on them, and, but focus on them within context. The way you can get the most enjoyment out of your favorite foods is to eat them in a body that's at a healthy, natural weight for yourself. Think about that for a second, right? Because this eating it all the time is like a drug addict. It, it loses, you habituate to it, it's not as enjoyable as you think it is, okay? The way you can get the most enjoyment out of the food possible is when you feel you're happy with your body, you're thrilled, you're at the exact weight you want to be at, you're happy with how you look, how you feel, how you're living, how your health is, and then you eat those foods. That's how you get the most enjoyment out of it, okay? Um, great info. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. I've been not hungry in the morning for the last few days. I'm not sure why. That's interesting. People are typically least hungry in the morning. So here, just real quick, if you haven't seen me do this before, typically we start our day with the most amount of willpower and the least amount of hunger. And what a lot of people try and do, they want to lose weight, is they, they, they kind of get a sense of this. And so what they try and do is use their willpower and their lack of hunger to not eat all day. But what ends up happening when you don't eat all day is this starts to flip right around noontime. The hunger starts increasing above and the willpower starts dipping. And right around two, three o'clock in the afternoon, that's where things get out of control, right? Because your hunger starts ramping up and your willpower starts dropping down. <laughs> and this is where people have the problem right here, right? So, um, be strategic. If you're not hungry in the morning, what I would suggest, and usually we're not the hungriest in the morning, we have the most willpower and the least hunger. So I would suggest that you optimize your breakfast. That's why I always tell people every day, it's like you're building a house with your nutrition and you want to start with the first meal of the day. And if you're an intermittent faster, whatever, lunch, it doesn't matter. First meal of the day, make it the healthiest, most nourishing meal that you can put together at least five days a week. And so you nourish that body because you're not that hungry in the morning typically. So utilize that as a strategy and eat the best, most nourishing food you can during that time, all right? Me beating myself up for eating the cinnamon roll isn't worth five seconds of pleasure. Yeah, exactly. And um, I'll tell you though, like if you can go one step beyond that, and it is the beating yourself up. So I, I definitely think that too. Um, I like to focus on the mindset, like, yeah, the beating myself up, the feeling let down, the feeling like, oh man, I did it again. Jeez, what am I doing? If you can really tap into that, because a lot of people, they try and do this. Oh, I got a cinnamon roll in front of me. I shouldn't eat that because I want to lose weight. But that doesn't work with your brain because your brain doesn't give a shit about the future. And then the weight loss feels unpredictable anyways. So it's like, oh, I shouldn't eat this cinnamon roll because I want to lose weight. Your brain just says, ah, let's just eat the cinnamon roll. We'll start tomorrow. Right? And it's like, it doesn't work. So you need to have a consequence that's much closer. 
That's why I tell you, people tell me this all the time, just this is for free. The most valuable thing you could do is train yourself. Use your willpower to remind yourself when you're making a food decision to think about the consequence five minutes in the future, the mental and emotional piece primarily. How am I going to be thinking in my head? After I eat the cinnamon roll, I'm trying to lose weight and I ate the cinnamon roll. What are you thinking to yourself five minutes after you ate that cinnamon roll? What are you feeling right emotionally after you eat that cinnamon roll when you want to lose weight? You know, and, and again, there's right eating a cinnamon roll. So it's not, it's not an eating a cinnamon roll. You can lose weight and eat a cinnamon roll. Okay. But we understand that because I know sometimes people say like, oh, you shouldn't call it an eating mistake. I, I get what you mean. I understand that. But at the same time, you have got to create a feedback loop for yourself. You, when you want to change your weight, you've got to start setting up some structures, some intention, and then you've got to live up or down to those and learn from them. Okay. You can't just be like, oh, I ate a cinnamon roll, but I'm body positive. Everything's great. Food's food. And I love food. And that's great. Not if you want to reach a goal. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you be you don't want to be the opposite and be like crazy with yourself, but you've got to set up some structures of which you're measuring yourself on, you know? And so, um, if we said to ourselves, okay, I want to, I want to lower my weight and I got all these reasons why let's do this. And then today you go and eat a cinnamon roll. It's like, okay, I let myself down. That's not moving me towards my goal. Now, I don't believe in beating yourself up, but that's what people do. And so you start looking, if I eat this cinnamon roll now, what's on the other side of that in five minutes? What's on the other side of my last bite of that cinnamon roll? How do I feel mentally and emotionally? And maybe physically too, okay? Yep. Let's see. And any questions you have, feel free to ask them. I'll get into these right now. What does my breakfast look like? My breakfast is usually Monday through uh, Friday, Ezekiel toast. If you don't know that, you know, that's a great toast. You know, you're going to hate it at first. It's kind of gross at first, but you get used to it, you know, and then it's really good. Natural peanut butter, Ezekiel toast, peanut butter, apple with peanut butter. That's usually my breakfast in the morning. Um, this way of thinking, in my opinion, is the only way to be successful. People listen to this man. All right, Joyce, I like that. I agree. I literally, I don't know. I don't know how this can be because I mean, like, there's so many smarter people in the world than me. I read a lot of psychology and I see the, the things these people come up with. I'm like, legit geniuses, straight geniuses. However, when it comes to weight loss, I don't know why I got to do this because I feel like there's all these people out there telling you what to do, right? Every diet, in my opinion, is, is someone saying, here, do this, right? But no one ever tells you how to get yourself to do it. And so the main problem you have is not that you don't know what to eat. You know what you should and shouldn't eat. We all know this. If you were a robot and just typed in what you were going to eat all day and then you just did it, you'd lose weight, right? But the problem is you know what to do and you're like, okay, I'm going to lose weight. So I'm going to eat well. And then as it gets time to do it, you can't, you can't do it consistently. I mean, is that not the problem, <laughs> right? I just don't get it, right? And so it's like you keep acting like you just need some new plan. You don't need a new plan, right? It's not the plan problem. It's the problem that you have, you have no ability to influence your mind. You have almost no ability to truly influence your behavior. You've got one tool, willpower, where when everything's going right, you can force yourself to act a certain way for a little while, but you have no way to change your behavior in a consistent long-term way, right? <laughs> I mean, I know it's right because I've been doing this for 20 years. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, and this is the problem that you don't know how to influence your behaviors. You don't know how to influence your thinking. And so I don't, it's just... I don't know how you would ever succeed. That's why they estimate 95% of people can't lose weight and keep it off with a diet. It's a 95% failure rate, you know? And it's because people, they're not approaching the thinking part, you know, at all. I think about eating all the time. It's hard to distract myself. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, 
I mean, okay. So, so by the way, right. So a diet, let me, I don't want to talk about this, but I got to talk about it because all, all you know about losing weight is a diet, right? But subconsciously diets are okay. You're, I got to do it. <laughs> so, oh, a diet, right? What's a diet? Diets are where you're learning how to lose weight from, right? So diet, they're all, they want to help you lose weight, right? But how can that be, right? Because all the big diets are owned by all the big food companies. Did you know Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz? Did you know Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle? Do you know Slim Fast was owned by the company that owns Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Do you know that uh, Atkins Foods is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon? These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want you to restrict your calories excessively for a little while because they know that leads you to eat more calories ultimately. Look it up. It's called the what the hell effect. It's really, it's interesting. And it'll describe something you've been experiencing but have not been able to identify and give words to, okay? So these diets... You have to you have to give yourself x-ray glasses and here they are. Put them on. When you look at a diet or any weight loss approach, if the plan is simply them giving you some meal plan or some strategy to follow, some tactic to follow, but they don't show you how to actually get yourself to do it, then I wouldn't even give it a time of day because that's not your problem. Your problem is you don't know how to change um, what you're doing. And so a diet, I think... Maybe I'm conspiracy minded. I, I don't know, but but I think the diets. If I, as a hypnotist, wanted to create a very sneaky plan that I wanted to put out to people to get them to think they were going to lose weight, but to actually eat more and not get anywhere, I would create a diet. Because as a hypnotist, what I know about your subconscious mind is two important things. One is that your subconscious mind does not understand negatives. So if I tell you to think about a yellow banana. <laughs> I just screwed that up. Let me change it though. If I tell you not to think about a purple dinosaur, don't think about a purple dinosaur. Don't think about a purple dinosaur, right? What are you thinking about? Purple dinosaur, okay? So that's the first thing. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. The second thing is your subconscious mind doesn't understand the difference between vivid imagination and reality. You literally can get physiological experiences from your imagination, right? This is why you like watching TV and movies because you watch them. They're fake. It's just light on a screen, sound in your ears, but you're imagining it. You're living it vicariously and you're getting the experience. If you watch sports, you're literally releasing adrenaline. If you watch a horror movie, you're literally tense. If you watch a comedy, you're laughing and releasing endorphins, you see? So it's all in your imagination. And so your imagination can create physiological changes. So now let's put those two things together and think about a diet. What's a diet pretty much based around? It's usually based around what you can't eat. I can't eat any more refined carbs. I can't eat any more cookies and ice cream, okay? Don't think about cookies and ice cream. Don't think about refined carbs. Don't think about cake, okay? So now as a diet, I've got you focused exactly on the things I want you to focus, even though on the surface it seems like I'm telling you not to focus on those things. Do you understand that? The second thing is, if I get you focusing on cakes and cookies and all these things now, and I think about them in extreme detail, you start salivating. You literally start craving them and desiring them. And so to me, this is the diet strategy that they're putting in your brain because they don't want you to stop eating these foods. You're never going to see Heinz or Nestle buy Program Yourself Thin and put it out to the world. <laughs> Promise you. Because my program gets people to stop eating that bullshit. And so why would they do it? The diets get you to eat more of that stuff. Okay, so the more you fixate on food when you want to lose weight, the harder time you're going to have. And that's pretty much every diet. So, yeah, that's why you think about eating food all the time, because every diet has taught you to obsess on food. <laughs> that's why in my program, there's three pillars of weight mastery, in my opinion. And I think I've said pillars, but I'm going to describe it in a pyramid shape. 
the bottom foundational level, I think is important, more important than any of them is the mindset, the mindset piece. You've got to have your mind right. The next step is your lifestyle. You've got to have your lifestyle. It, this needs to be a holistic approach. Your eating is not something that you can just, you can't just change your eating. It, it's like, it's too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? People under, you're eating three to eight times a day and you think you're just gonna just start tomorrow, just change all that for the next three, four or five months, year till you lose the weight. Like it's, you're, you can't do it. Some people can do it for a little while, but almost no one can do it long-term, right? So you need to have a more holistic approach and understanding of this whole thing. And then the final level is the eating, right? So it's mindset, lifestyle, and eating strategies, and they should all be customized around you. There's just another bonus because the diets, what, you're going to take a diet plan from someone who's never met you, doesn't know you, and you're just going to follow their plan? Like, well, what? What? You got to have more respect for yourself. You're a unique person with unique genetics, preferences, and lifestyle. You know, you need to create a plan built around you. You can't just take some, someone's plan. That's like me saying, oh, here's a, here's a plan for how to live your life. But Jimmy never met me. That's ah, okay. Here you go. This is how you should live your life. Huh? <laughs> it makes no sense. However, you are in a literal, literal trance when it comes to weight loss. The diets have put you into a literal trance. Now, what's a trance? Hypnosis, the best description is just a bypassing of the critical faculty. So what I mean by that is that every, the ways you think about losing weight are almost all illogical. And they're extra logical. I'll start the most obvious illogical part of it. How many times have you tried losing weight with a diet? How many times has it not worked? How many people do you know that have tried losing weight with a diet and it has not worked? I mean, how much more evidence do you need, right? However, you're in a trance, so you're not using your logical mind. You're very emotional, and you just want to get results. You don't care what you have to do. You'll believe anything. You're in this, you're in this, this state of suspended belief, you know? And so you just believe anything, you know? And you have to snap out of it. I always say this. I thought as a hypnotist, I was unhypnotized people lose weight. I didn't realize there was going to be a process of waking them up all the time. Wake up! The diet's not working. It's goofy. It's legit goofy, you know? So anyways, <laughs> I get caught up on stuff. I'm so happy I found you. I'm happy I found you. Great. Um, do, 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 do. Oh. Your live sessions are so Im immensely helpful. Oh, great. I'm glad. I'm glad they're helping you. Would you recommend having a few days off a week from clean eating, even with a weight loss goal? Yes, absolutely. Because I don't have a weight loss goal. I have a weight mastery goal, you know? I'm telling you the biggest thing you can do, so I was just talking about diet hypnosis, the, the main container of that hypnosis trance you're in is that you think about weight loss in a short-term period. You think of it as temporary, okay? So when you think about losing weight, you think about it as a temporary process you're going to do until you lose the weight. Because I always say, so what are you going to do once you lose the weight? I don't give a shit. I'll figure it out then. <laughs> no, you won't. You won't figure it out then. You won't figure it out then. You've never figured it out then. No one ever figures it out then. <laughs> You've got to wake up. You're not going to figure it out. If all you care about is weight loss... That's all you, I just want to lose weight, just want to lose weight, just want to lose weight. All of a sudden you lose the weight, now what do you do? I'll tell you what most people do, they put the weight back on so they can lose it again. <laughs> you haven't prepared yourself to live as a thin person. You might want to start that. You might want to start living, preparing yourself to live as a thin person now in completely, completely changing the way you're approaching this goal because you're approaching as this temporary thing. It'd be like if I said, oh, I just want to learn the piano. I just want to learn the piano as fast as I can. And the only thing I look at is like how to learn the piano in a week, how to learn the piano in six days, how to learn the piano in 24 hours. That's the only thing I just want to learn the piano. Well, that's bullshit because guess what? You never learn the piano. There's always more to learn. It's a never-ending process. And so is your weight because how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Forever, right? 
So maybe you should start with a different strategy right from day one. Right? In my program, we, we focus on maintenance right at the beginning because you know, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to maintain once I lose the weight. No, you're not because you're probably never going to lose the weight. I, I don't want to say like a jerk, but come on. I, I know what I'm talking about. I know, I know what, what the reality is. Okay. So I'm not going to sugarcoat bullshit here. Okay. And so it's like, you need to learn how to maintain on day one. Never mind when you lose the weight, <laughs> you're having trouble getting from... Listen, these are the stats. 39% of people can't make it past a week on a diet. 75% of people can't make it past a month. So you're going to focus on maintaining when you lose the weight. You're probably never going to lose the weight on a diet. You know, you've got to stop thinking that way. So you need to learn how to maintain from day one to day two, week one to week two, month one to month two. And you have no strategy to do that. You know, so that's the secret, right? So yeah, having a few days off, yeah. Because what's your freaking rush? (laughs) You know, it's like... It's, it's, it's your rush. It's your impatience that's keeping you trapped more than anything else. And that's a strictly a diet thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't approach anything else in life with this kind of mindset, you know, that you're just going to start day one, hundred percent perfect. The average American's consuming 2,700 calories a day. The average diet's telling you to cut down to 1,200 calories a day. That's a 65% cut. And you think you're just going to cut 65% of your calories out day one. And then you're just going to stick with that for what months until you reach your goal. It's crazy. So instead, why don't you start with where you're at now and start being strategic? Pick your worst habit and work on that for a month and make some real genuine strategic solutions that you can follow and that are relative, that work for you and they get used to. Then move on to the next thing, right? Just like anything else. Oh, I'm trying to think. My uh, stream just went off. Yeah, I'll have to end that stream. <laughs> But I'm still on the live. Um, so yeah, so it's just a completely different approach. So yeah, I suggest you take a couple of days off because ask about this. What if your weight loss was a little bit slower, but it was way easier that you could look forward to the weekend and kind of eat what you want? Not go crazy, but you could eat the things you wanted to eat, right? And so it's like, what if you approached it that way? What if it was, because oh. here's the irony that the the way, the way you, the strategies you use to lose weight and the strategies you use to live at your goal weight and master it forever, ironically, the weight mastery strategies are a lot easier because most people try to way overcorrect when they want to lose weight because they're so impatient and they make it so difficult for themselves. But if what if you strategically, you know, made systematic changes and you're like, I want to live it this way for the rest of my life. I want to orient everything I'm doing forever. I want to make it work for me. I want to get used to it. I want to make it automatic. You know what I mean? Like no one ever thinks about that. I just made a video. I don't know if I put it up yet, but subconsciously ironically you want the hardest weight loss plan you can find because you associate the hardest weight loss plan with the fastest results and you're addicted to fast results and that's what's keeping you caught in the loop of never losing the weight okay so it's like if you start looking for the easiest way possible to lose weight you never ask that question and if you did you would start coming up with those solutions that's what i do i'm never hungry i'm never dieting i'm never feeling deprived I've been at the same weight pretty much. There was one little blip there, but I've been the same weight for 30 years and it's automatic and natural. I'm just living my life, but it's at a weight that I want to be at because I've structured and strategically engineered how I'm living and eating in a way that works for me, in a way that I enjoy, you know? I lost a hundred pounds twice on, but gained it all back because I didn't deal with the emotional stuff. Ah, Nikita Colleen. That sucks. I feel I feel bad for you because I know that's the, that's the hardest thing of all when it comes to weight loss is when you lose the weight and then put it back on. It, it's it's discouraging and it's frustrating, you know. So I, I feel for you. Um, 
But here's the good news, right? So, so you've got the ability to do it. You know that, okay? And so what I would suggest, and this is what I always suggest to everyone, because here comes another thing. That wait, you're, the diets are like a sprint. That's how you subconsciously think of them. And you think of them as short-term temporary sprints. And if you're running a sprint, you have got to be perfect if you're going to win that race. If you trip on a sprint, you've lost, okay? Perfection is the only thing that's acceptable. And that's how you're approaching your weight loss. And what happens is you make mistakes and you just, ah, I lost. Instead of saying, I made a mistake, oh, let me, what happened there? Let me, let me figure it out. So here you are. You, you've lost 100 pounds twice, which is quite an accomplishment. So I want you to take the positives out of that. The fact that you know you can do this. And more importantly, you know what the big challenge is. You know the emotional stuff. You're more aware of it now. Now you know, fix the emotional stuff first and then do the weight loss this time. Switch it up, okay? People rarely do that. Um, ah, Weight Watchers. Eh, again, you know, and I like Weight Watchers is probably my favorite out of all of uh, the diets and the strategies it, because they had like that, that support aspect to it. But again, I mean, here's how I summarize pretty much every diet. It's usually one tactic because the marketing philosophy of a diet, because I know this, right? I've studied diets a lot. And so um, the thing about diets is they, they pick one concept. It's a marketing concept. Let's just take keto, for example. It's the idea that we take something complicated like weight loss and we just make it one thing. And so we say, oh, just cut carbs out. And so it sounds so simple. You say, I could, one, I could cut carbs out, right? But the saying cut carbs out and the experience of actually cutting carbs out for a long time are two totally different things, you know? And so most diets are basically built around the one thing, one tactic, okay? And so Weight Watchers, you're just counting points. You're not dealing with any of the deeper issues. So my approach, my program itself is an inside out approach to weight mastery. And so before, see, most people, they approach their weight loss and they think, well, they're just focused externally. I'm just, even Weight Watchers, right? You're just counting points. And so you're not dealing with the emotional stuff. You're not dealing with the mindset stuff. You're just forcing yourself to, to count and get within those point ranges. And you're doing it probably in a very rigid, rigid way. And you have all this desire and you're just fighting against it. You know, so my approach is let's go in here first. Let's go in here first. Let's change up what's going on inside of ourselves so that we naturally start making better, healthier choices. It's a slower process. I'll be upfront about that. However, it's a much more long lasting process because, again, th now this is America and this is our medical system. We have a medical system that just focuses on treating symptoms. And you now approach your weight loss. You're just you're just focusing on treating symptoms. You're really hungry. Let me just fight against that willpower. You have a lot of unhealthy cravings. Let me just fight against those cravings. I'm really tired and I don't want to eat well. Let me just force myself to do it. You know, my program. We're really going to resolve the core problems. So my program. I always say is you want to have a preventative mindset. You're so used to fighting against the symptoms that you're experiencing that you never take a step back. And question, how can I have more energy? How can I reduce my unhealthy cravings naturally? How can I have more willpower? How can I crave healthy foods? How can I be more motivated? And almost most of those things are lifestyle and mindset questions and solutions, you know, but no one teaches those. All right. You are real good. Oh, thank you. I always eat candy in the evening. So now I have been better at just eating food one more time. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah, LOL, I'm all these. <laughs> this is the best. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Which, by the way, you know, if anyone, um, um, if, if anyone wants to go further with this, go check out my bio or my description, 
And um, there's a link to get a, a free hypnosis session. You can get a custom hypnosis session. I mean, I'll give it to you. And then on top of that, once you you opt in for it, it takes a few minutes to send it to you. I put up a training, Three Steps to Master Your Weight. It's about 30 minutes or so. You might want to watch that. If, if, you, if you've been, you know, if you want to lose weight, if you want to master your weight, you may want to put a different structure and way of doing that in your mind, you know? And on top of that, once you opt in, I send you emails every day, just kind of motivating you, inspiring you. You know, like I said, my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And um, that's why I do all these things for free. My father died of a heart attack at 54. I was nine years old. Um, you know, I was just thinking that too. I, I, that kind of hit me today. And I was, I, I went to my mom's this morning. I was looking at my son and he just turned 11. But it's like, you know, you lose sight of things when you go through it yourself. But it's like, you know, nine years old, my brother was six, you know, and it's, it's like, it's so young, you know, to have lost him so young. So the reason I say this is, for me, weight loss really isn't primarily about how you look, you know? Um, I want you to look better. I want you to wear a bathing suit, all that stuff. But it's way more about, for me, like being there, like living living longer, being not only living longer and being there for the people you love, but being able to be the person you want to be so you can have the best relationship with them and, and, and you just be there for them. And it's like, I don't know, so that's my motivation with this. And that's why I give all this stuff away for free. You know, I have a coaching program too. I don't act like I'm just, you know, I do have a program and as an investment. My, my my business set up like a Robin Hood model. So yeah, the, the people invest in the program basically make it so that I can just give everything away for free, you know, as well. Um, but, you know, again, it's just, it gets to the heart of this. It's, it's really isn't just about looking better. It's about, it's just like living better. It's about having the best quality of life possible, living the longest life possible. And I think, again, the diets, that's another part of the diet mentality is that it's like they just want you to, it's all built around how you look, you know? Um, that's why every weight loss ad you see, it's always the pictures of the before and after picture of a person, you know? And it sets us up for unrealistic expectations that we measure ourselves at, and we almost always feel like a failure on them, you know? Hey, all right. Yeah, okay, I'm glad someone said that. I love the motivational emails I receive every day. Thank you. You're welcome. Go sign up for them. I, I just send them out for free. They're, they're, they're really good. <laughs> they really are. I don't want to toot my own horn, but they're really good. Like, they're, they're unusual, you know what I mean? Like it's a different paradigm of weight. I, I don't, I don't, I don't call it weight loss because weight loss, even sub, subconsciously, weight loss doesn't mean anything to your mind. You know, every the core idea of losing weight is you being overweight. You see, that's why I would say it's better to articulate your goal in terms of I want to weigh X amount of pounds as opposed to I want to lose X amount of pounds. You know, as much as you can, you want to keep imagining and envisioning yourself the person you want to be inside and out. And the more you practice that, the more you become that person. So weight loss is much more like, it's like if you go to the gym and you lift weights, you're not faking it until you make it, you're building up muscle. And so it's the same process here. You think like you know what to do and you just need to get yourself to do it, which is bullshit. You don't know how to get yourself to do it. And a lot of it is like working out the mental muscles of being the person you want to be. It's, it's the same thing as going to the gym. It's, it's an internal workout though. And um, that's what I always teach in my program. But it's, it makes sense, you know, because you're developing skill sets, you're developing mental muscle to be the person you want to be. And diet's this, this crazy idea that you're just going to force yourself to what? You think you already know what to do? It's such bullshit. You, oh, yeah, you, you, you know, I always say, like, the way you talk about weight loss is, like, if I talk to, I've never played piano before, and I'm like, oh, yeah, playing the piano is easy. All you have to do is push the keys in the right order at the right time. Pfft, simple. You know what I mean? Like, could I make it sound any easier and be, be any more wrong about what the process is? But that's what people do with weight loss. Oh, I don't need to do it. I just got to stop eating carbs. Oh, just stop eating carbs? Oh, you mean just eat something completely different for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and all my snacks? 
that's it. Oh, that's all you mean forever. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes me insane, but that's the dieting tactic to make it seem simple conceptually. Right. And then to not think about the actual practice of it. And that's what you do with your weight loss. You just think, Oh, I could do that for a little while. I could do it for a little while. You know, I get people on it. Oh, I'll just drink water. Can I just water fast and lose weight? Why? <laughs> Why? Why would you want to like lower your weight in a way that's unsustainable so you can put it back on? Like start thinking longer term. All right. <laughs> can you lose weight without tracking calories? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. However, I do think that tracking calories measuring you should do for a little bit of time to calibrate your brain. Because if you're overweight and you've been struggling with weight, I guarantee you that you're mis you're mis um calculating. You're misestimating. I guarantee you. You think it's one serving and it's three. You think it's uh, one cup and it's four. I promise you, you know? And so I don't track, I hate tracking calories. Now, some people like it. So again, there's no right or wrong. It's only what works for you. Um, Haha, <laughs> cat. All right, cat. How you doing? Yeah, I tried water fasting, but it leads to binge eating. Exactly. And I get that. I get about a lot of eating disorder people come on. They say, how do I stop binge? How do I stop the binging? You know? And it's like, well, you, you've got to eat something. If you try and starve yourself, your body's going to take over. If every cell, because understand what happens when you stop eating, right? Every cell of your being starts screaming for nourishment, right? But, but more importantly, your entire brain starts shifting. And all of a sudden, you become hyper-focused on food. You can see food every direction. That's all you notice. You have a part of your brain called the reticular activation system, which deletes out things from your aware, reality that aren't important to you. And brings into your awareness what is important. And so you experience this. Notice like whenever you're driving your car around, you notice your car. You're not out there seeking it. It just comes into your awareness. So all of a sudden when you're really hungry and you've been starving yourself, your brain starts optimizing to food. It sees it everywhere. It smells a bag of chips 10 miles away. It hears someone opening, you know, a container of Pringles, you know, from the next town over. So good luck fighting against that. It's just a matter of time until your body takes over and you start eating everything. So again, it makes no sense. You know, it comes down to the idea, I think. And so I'm going to shift just a, a second here. Well, hold on. I want to answer one other question, but I'm, I'm going to talk to your point, Kat, one second here. Um, so yeah, I think you can lose weight without tracking calories, but you do need to create some structure, you know? So for me, my eating is very structured, but I've, I've figured out what quantities, what amounts allow me to live at my goal weight. And so now I just repeat that pretty structurally consistently. I don't need to measure everything. I am measuring things, but not in a real specific way, if, if that makes sense. But you do not need to track calories, but I would suggest it for a little while just to calibrate yourself, just so you can see what you're working with. Um, yeah, I love the motivation. When I decided to lose weight, I started to gain weight. Okay, that's interesting. Um, and that's not uncommon, okay? That's what we call, actually, that Victor Frankl came up with this term, paradoxical intention. And this is when we, we want to do something and all of a sudden we end up getting the opposite result. Uh, and so, you know, there's a couple ways to deal with that, but I would have to know more about what your situation was. Um, Someone said, email this week how it feels at your goal weight. Really hit home. I read it when I have cravings. That's awesome. I'm really glad that you... So by the way, everyone, listen, go sign up. Go make sure you get that, that hypnosis session I'm giving you. That's just the beginning of it. It's a hypnosis session you can listen to. You can get a, a sense of what subconscious um, programming and how that changes your behaviors helps. Um, and then on top of that, right as soon as you get through, there's a, a, a training, three steps to master your weight. Because right now you have no... You have a complete lack of strategy about how to master your weight, a complete. 
you've got a couple tactics. I have to stop eating carbs. I got to lower my calories. I got to stop doing this. It's a, it's a very limited and adequate approach. Okay. So I'll lay out a much better strategy. And then every day I send you emails and then I got more stuff coming anyways. So again, I'm doing everything I can to help you out here. I'm glad that, that, yeah, how it feels your goal weight. Like that email comes through. There's a lot of stuff. You think you know everything about weight loss. You've tried it all. Nothing works. I promise you, you haven't tried everything. I promise you, <laughs> you know, and so, um, that would be better. So Kat says, also, I was anorexic for many years. Eventually, you will gain it all back. LOL. Yeah, exactly, right? So um, I think I wrote this to you, Kat, too, that like where I do think, so I'm going to shift this a little bit of gears because um, I know lately I've been getting a lot of people that have eating disorders. Um, and so usually I'm talking to people that want to lose weight. And so it's very interesting, first of all, that it, it's funny, like, like, like you can say something in life and we don't realize how relative things are, that, that what we say really depends on the context within which it's received, right? So if I'm for 20 years, I'm talking solely to people that are struggling to eat less, to lose weight, then all of a sudden you start speaking in a way to help them. And all of a sudden you put that different frame around that someone with an eating disorder hears that and it sounds like the worst thing in the world. You know, so it's very interesting with social media. That, that's something I've learned. Um, and so I have no experience with, with eating disorders at all, right? I've spent literally 20 years professionally helping people lose weight, you know? So um, I, don't, I don't really have much to say in terms of eating disorders. I just don't have that experience. However, I do think one place where there's a convergence of similarity between people that are struggling to lose weight and people that are struggling to be at a healthy weight is how they're defining the goal weight, you know? What is, what is the ultimate outcome here? What are we doing? And I think for... A lot of people, both situations, if we're only looking at a number on a scale or a size close, I think you're going to be in for a lot of trouble, um, a lot of struggle, and probably not actually reach your goal because that's not the goal. Your weight is like money in the sense that it's a means to an end. Um, weight and money don't automatically make you happy Right. They don't like the numbers on a scale. Oh, now I'm thrilled. I'm happy. Oh, I got a certain amount of money in the bank. I've never seen my family or kids and I'm sick because I work so much. That doesn't make you happy. You know, oh, I got I got sick. I got some disease and now I lost a bunch of weight and I'm really thin. I'm happy. That, that's not how it works. Right. And so you can't starve yourself and be miserable and hate your body no matter what weight it is and be happy. You see. So I think what happens is the goal weight. You've got to give this a lot more context. I think if you look at your goal, if your goal is specifically just a number, it, it's not enough meaning. That number doesn't mean anything to your mind, right? Through all of history, we've never had scales. We've never weighed ourselves. We haven't had pictures. We haven't had mirrors. You know, you have very little intrinsic natural motivation to be a number on a scale or a size close. It doesn't mean anything to your mind. I hope that makes sense. It's like the money. You know, it's not the money, it's what the things you can do with it. And so the weight can become the same thing where I suggest people that the goal weight really is you picking a weight that gives you, makes you the happiest, the healthiest, and gives you the best quality of life. You know, that's what you orient around. Because that goal weight, a lot of people choose a weight as if it lives in a vacuum. And so I say, I want to be X amount of pounds. And they say, well, that's what I weighed when I was 18, or that was what I weighed when I got married, or that's what you know, oh, that's what these people look like and that's the weight they're at. That's what they said they should be. I want to be that, okay? Those are all extrinsic motivators. And so what we want to do is we want to find a reason to do this. So again, you ask me, I want to live past 54. My dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So I don't want to, 
I want to do everything I can to avoid that. You know, not saying I'll make it, but at least I don't want to contribute to it. Because the worst part, I, I just say this, the worst part of my dad dying of a heart attack, this guy was my hero. I mean, he was just the greatest guy that I ever known, you know, legit. And um, the worst part of the whole process was, I know he was obese and he had a healthy lifestyle, but he was still just a great, great guy, hard worker, great provider, just a perfect dad. And um, the worst part of it is that when he died, I was angry at him like 10 years solid and I've been working on it, you know, but I was so angry at him, you know, and that's the worst part is to think like, that's what I swear. That's what drives me more than anything. It's like, again, die, die, whatever, but I don't want to contribute to it. I don't want my kid to be able to say, like, mm, you know, I was so mad at my dad for so long about that. You know, anyways, I don't know. I'll get out of digression. But, but the point is this, that I think you've got to find deeper reasons why you want to weigh this because the weight in of itself is an empty goal. Okay. You have to give it meaning. And so the meaning I suggest you aim after is really like to take your weight and wrap it in personal development. I think the highest form of motivation you can tap into is one of like self-realization, self-actualization. And this is where I think, again, whether you've got an eating disorder, or whether you're struggling to lose weight, I think there's a similar point of reference here, which is when the goal becomes not primarily a number, but primarily I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. What is that? What is that? And so part of that's got to be you having the energy, the nourishment, the health in order to do the things that you were put here to do, right? To be able to have the relationships with the people you want to have, to be able to accomplish the things that are important to you. And so I always think with weight loss, people try and like make weight loss more important than they feel like it is. But I always suggest people start with what's already important to you, right? What's most important to you in your life? Is it a relationship? Is it your work? Is it just something you're passionate about? Whatever it may be, there's something you get up every day and do. And so if you can start to make this process about becoming better at that thing, I feel like that's a much stronger motivation than just picking a number on a scale or a size on a close, you know? And so um, that changes the whole goal. And I think that it makes the process, not only like it's going to be more successful, but it's a much more enjoyable process because to be honest, I mean, the weight, like I'm at the same weight now. Like at some point when you master it, it just, it fades to the background. So, okay. It's almost like you should think about your weight like you do your teeth um, in the sense that you you can't like just brush your teeth really good for like an hour one day and get them really, really clean so they're going to be clean forever, right? You just have to kind of like just accept and commit. Well, the way this works is I need to be consistent with it. So it's more about consistency than intensity to take care of your teeth, right? And it's the same thing with your weight. You know, it's really about being consistent. So I've come up with ways to be consistent that just kind of fade into the background now. You know, so it's like, yeah, every Sunday or Monday, I go get my salad stuff. Every Monday, I make my salad stuff every day of the week, you know, whatever. Somewhere between 11 and 1, I eat that salad. I don't really think it's, it's very much like brushing my teeth. It's fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't love the salad. I don't hate it. I just do it. Just like I brush my teeth. I don't, I'd rather not have to brush my teeth, <laughs> but, but you got to brush them if you want to keep them. And so it's like, I do it because I want the outcome that we get from it, you know? And so with the weight, I think you need to make that outcome much more real. Give it much more meaning. You know, the weight in of itself doesn't, it just doesn't make you happy. And we know this because look how many people lose weight and then put it back on. So if like just being at that number was like the, the holy grail of weight loss, then people would never put the weight back on, you know? But as someone said, um, you lost the weight a hundred pounds twice. And what do you say? Because I never dealt with the emotional issue. And so again, I think there's another convergence of, of um, 
you know, solution for eating disorder or overweight issues is um, the emotional issues, right? <laughs> of dealing with that. And so for me, so I was 50 pounds heavier. I was binge drinking. I was miserable. Why? I've analyzed this. So I just said my father died when I was nine and I never dealt with it. You know, my mom, God bless her. I mean, she's an incredible woman, but she didn't, she didn't have the background of how to deal with things psychologically. And she tells me that now, she goes, I didn't want you guys to be sad. And so it was always about just ignore that, all that stuff and just, just, oh, just skip it. But I couldn't ignore it. It was all there, all this roiling anger and sadness and depression and frustration and all these emotions. And I did not know how to deal with them. And so I turned to binge drink. I mean, binge drinking. Like I was the biggest binge drinker in my high school, biggest binge drinker the first couple of years of college. And so not a proud title at all. And um, so how does that happen? Same brain as I have now. What was going on? Well, I know what it was because I didn't know how to deal with the emotions I was feeling. And so I run away from them. And so I think, again, whether you're struggling with being overweight or whether you're struggling with eating disorders and being underweight, I think the, the point where we all meet is that there's probably emotional issues to some degree as well, you know, that need to be dealt with. That's just my thoughts on it. I think you also need to figure out why you let yourself get to your unhealthy weight. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I agree with that, Joyce. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, but and again, you know, so the, again, my, my approach in a nutshell is that there's, there's these deeper reasons. There's these subconscious reasons why we do what we do. And um, so the diets never deal with that though, right? They say, oh, forget those things. Let's just force yourself to eat this way. You know, it's like, I, I see it the same. I don't know. Like, again, I don't know about eating disorders, but um, I feel like the eating disorders and the being overweight, it's like we never, again, it, it, that's a symptom-based thing, right? It's like, and it's both of them. Oh, if I lose weight, then everything's going to be great. No, not necessarily. <laughs> not if there's all this emotional stuff going on inside. If you don't deal with it, like the, the weight's not going to matter. You know, the money's not going to matter. It, it, these are external things. So everything for me is is oriented inwards. You know, and so in my program, right, so it's like the mindset piece. That's where we always start. There's a hypnosis technique I teach you that's the core of everything. It, it takes a minute or two to do it at night. But but then the, the work starts. It's a 60-page workbook. The first part's motivation. You got to get motivated. You got to know how to do that. Okay. Once you're ready to do the work, it starts with the self-image. Who do you want to be? What's the best version of you? You know? And it's looking at these internal things, dealing with the bullshit you've had to deal with in your life, the traumas you've had, and saying, okay, I have, this isn't fair. It's not fair my dad died when I was nine. Not fair I had to grow up without a dad. It's not fair that I had all the things I had to deal with. Not fair. However, how do I want to respond to him? You know, and I'm, I'm trying to sound like um, callous with this, but let's be honest. We've all had a lot of bullshit happen to us. Probably had all a decent amount of trauma, you know, in different ways. And ultimately it comes down to the point of how do I want to deal with this? Instead of just running away by saying, oh, if I lose the weight, then I'll be fixed. No, it won't. No, it won't. <laughs> and so you got to recognize that. You know, you got the earlier you realize that, the better. And you go to work on it. Okay, all this shit happened. This is my, my struggles, my problems. How do I want to deal with this? You know? And that becomes the obsessive question, you know, until you resolve it. Is the obsession with protein consumption owned by the meat producers? Feels like it. <laughs> uh, I think so. Me think so. I mean, think so, definitely. Look at that, right? I mean, look at Oprah Winfrey, right? The most powerful woman on the planet, right? She almost got taken down by these meat producers, right? It, it's, a, it's a huge lobby. And to be honest, yes, protein's more, more satisfying. However, you know what's way more satisfying than that? Fiber. Fiber. Fiber's the number one. I just got a video for that coming. I can't wait. Um, I think it's a funny video. But anyways, if you want to add something into your diet that's going to help you lose weight, fiber w would be the number one, in my opinion. 
Is it possible to lose weight with insulin resistance? I feel like it's impossible. No, it is not impossible at all. Um, it's definitely possible. What I always say to people with insulin resistance, metabolic disorders, menopause, hormonal issues, is that it really a lot of times reveals a lifestyle challenges. Okay, so I really, anyone, I mean, I suggest everyone for everyone lifestyle, focus on that piece. Um, and what I mean by lifestyle is your sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. Okay, you create a lifestyle built around these and then take control of your eating, insulin resistance or not, you will lose weight, okay? It's harder. There's no doubt that that's a, that's a, a challenge you have, no doubt about it. However, you can lose weight, okay? Definitely. Um, I go to the gym and eat healthy and I don't see results. Um, yeah, I don't know how long. How long have you been doing that, though, I would suggest? I want to be victorious, not a victim anymore. Yeah, Joyce, exactly. I want to be victorious. And that, that's the idea is you start articulating a better goal for yourself that's more robust. In neurolinguistic program, we have a concept called a well-formed outcome, right? And so what that means is someone, you know, who do you think is going to have a better chance of succeeding? Someone says, oh, I just want to lose 50 pounds. Or someone who says, I want to lose 50 pounds and return to my goal weight and live there the rest of my life because when I do that, I'm going to feel more in control and I want to have a healthy relationship with food so that I eat to nourish my body and I eat sometimes to celebrate and enjoy it. Um, but I feel calm. I feel relaxed. I feel successful. I'm living a life of meaning that inspires me and makes me passionate. And I keep learning and growing and optimizing and tweaking my plans so that I master and improve my health each and every day. <laughs> I've got, I've got, I'm laying it on thick, but which one do you think is going to have more, more chance of succeeding? You know, and that's all hypnosis, by the way. Okay. Now, Lala, let me guess. I'm, I don't know if I'm getting good at this because this last couple of days I'm getting a lot of eating disorder people. Don't be offended if you're not this person. When I see the binge eating, that's starting to become a trigger for me that that might be an eating disorder question. What can we do against binge eating when we're trying to starve ourselves to lose weight? Is, is that what you're asking? And I don't know. I may be wrong on that. Don't be offended if that's not you. But I've been getting a lot of that the last couple of days of lives and stuff. And I don't normally. But I'm starting to notice certain patterns of... Uh, I'm starting to know certain patterns that I see because you know what I say, by the way, anyways, is I would never, I wouldn't have any solution to that. Anyhow, you know, anything I do wouldn't work for anorexia or any sort of eating disorder because everything I talk about is, is built to be congruent about your deepest goals for your weight to be the healthiest and happiest. to give you the best quality of life. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the binge eating usually is your body, you know, it's like the nighttime eating syndrome, the binge eating on an extreme level that people come to you and they say, well, what do I do about this? Well, I'll give you an example. I use this all the time and I don't use this even in the eating disorder paradigm, but I will, for, for 20 years, I've had people come up to me and they say, Jim, how can you help me with the afternoon and nighttime eating? Uh, everything's fine until after nighttime and then I, I just go crazy. I said, well, what are you eating for lunch and what are you eating for breakfast and lunch? Nothing. I said, well, what do you want to eat for the afternoon and night? <laughs> Nothing. Well, ta-da, there's your problem. You, you know what I mean? You're starving. And so good luck. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I wouldn't have the first idea. I don't know why you'd want to do that. I don't know. So to me, um, to me, like weight mastery is really, there's two sides to it. There's action and acceptance. Okay. At some point, you're going to have to accept the body you have because we live in a culture where we're constantly bombarded with these concepts of perfection, you know, and, and most of these concepts aren't even real. But even if they are real, they're, they're genetic outliers and they're just bombarded with these genetic outliers and we start to feel bad. There's a saying that comparison's the thief of joy, 
you know? And so when we're bombarded with these ideas, so at some point along your journey, you're probably going to have to accept the body you have and start loving the body you have and recognizing, like, I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club, but I'm not gonna. I'm not genetically designed for that. And I'm not, I don't give a shit. I don't want to, I don't really want to put the time and effort into it. So I've accepted that. And so I've, I've adjusted my goals to what I want. That's a, that's a thing a lot of people skip. They don't do that. And so you're chasing someone else's goals. You know, this is why I say your, your goal weight, the goal you're chasing has to be congruent. And for a lot of people, it's not either side of that spectrum, you know? And so if you're just chasing, like, I just want to stop eating so I can lose weight. My question to you is why, why, what do you think is going to happen at that really low weight? Now I know again, the eating disorder is, I just want the lowest weight possible. You know, I understand, but you have other parts of your brain too. Is there any part of your brain that says we should weigh more and we should be healthier? I don't know. Again, this isn't something I work with, but um, yeah, listen to Kat. Kat seems like she's got a handle on some of this stuff, so um, she might have some more, you know, better strategies than I have. Yeah, start with a schedule. I did that, and it's so helpful. Just stick to those times. Yeah. I mean, I stick to a schedule. You know, I think that's helpful. And you optimize it to what makes you feel the best. But I hope it's, I hope you optimize to what makes you feel the best, because I would imagine, you know, if there are any, yeah, and sure, see a dietitian, right, that'll help you. Because then again, the more strategy, the more you understand what you're doing, the easier it becomes, right? A lot of people trying to lose weight, it's like they got their eyes closed. They have no idea, you know? But, um, Kat, tell me if this is true, right? You struggle with anorexia, but at some point, what do you, what do, you do? You just get to the point where you realize this isn't, this isn't what I want. This doesn't feel good. Like, what is it? What point did you get to that were just like, you, you start to make a change? I'm just curious. Because this isn't my expertise, you know, but I'm fascinated by it. Um, and and, I, and I'll, it makes me sad. I, but every Anyone struggling with their weight that's not being the person they want to be makes me sad. And I want to help them, you know. That's why I do this all day long, you know. Um, but yeah, so... Yeah, folks. So, so here comes, um, yeah, I got to the point where I wasn't losing any more weight. I pushed away all my relationships and family. Okay. This is what I mean, right? So at some point, like, again, the way your brain was working, it overtook everything that, that was really important to you. And at some point you realized it. Yeah, I destroyed everything around me. I appreciate you saying that, Kat. I, I know, I think it's probably important for other people in that situation to hear this. And they may know this, and I guess they get trapped in it. Again, I, I'm not, I, I don't know ED stuff. Yes, I still hated myself. Yeah, someone said it the other day that uh, the that the ED motivation it was less about loving their body and being thrilled with how thin they were. Yeah, it was a control aspect. Yeah, um, and it felt like punishment, you know. Which again, there's another convergence there is that a lot of people that when they want to lose weight, they think what they need to do is punish themselves to lose the weight because they're they're so pissed off at themselves for putting the weight on in the first place, right? And so now you think you need to be punished. And so your weight loss approach really in both directions is one that's the foundation of its punishment. You're punishing yourself. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So Lala, and I'll say this again, I'm, I'm, I'm not an eating disorder guy. So it's like, I'm, I'm only going to talk about things in the context because my people here are people that want to lose weight. But again, where there's a convergence is feeling happy and comfortable. I think that's a good goal. And I think you got to recognize it's an inside out process, you know, um, where you have to generate that feeling in yourself first, recognize what it feels like. What would it feel like if you were happy and comfortable with yourself? Because it, it can't come from the outside. It's an inside generated feeling, you know? And it's the same thing if you're overweight. You say, well, how am I gonna love my body? I'm overweight and I hate it, you know? And so it's about connecting 
to the feelings you want to have. Now, I know that sounds weird to people because they always think they're very logical. And they say, well, if I'm going to feel confident and happy about myself, my weight's got to be this. That's complete bullshit. You can imagine yourself in any feeling you want. You know, the thing is, most people are always wrapped up in feeling like shit about themselves, you know? Um, yeah. So Kat says you have to seek help for the emotional aspect first or it's never going to go away. And again, that's, that's true for both sides. You know, um, that's why my, my program, the, the mindset piece, the emotions is a whole section of it because in this, and this again, I think applies to both is that in this society, we're not, we don't learn how to deal with emotions, how to feel the emotions we want and how to deal with the unpleasant emotions we don't want to feel. And so a lot of times we turn to food, whether we eat the food or we restrict them, you know, don't let ourselves eat the food. It's this using food to feel emotions that we want to feel or, or deal with emotions we don't want to feel. And so I'm, I'm thankful to, I think having Mr. Rogers in my life when I grew up, I, I swear what was, was very helpful for me because he literally taught that. But then it was learning hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming and yoga and meditation where I really started to learn how, what do I want to feel in my life? What do I want to feel? How can I start to feel those things? But it became an inside out generated process. As long as you're looking for, oh, if I can get this thing on the outside, if I can weigh this, if I can get this amount of money, if I can accomplish this thing, then I'm going to feel this on the inside. That's almost never the case, you know? So you're better off. What do I want to feel on the inside? How, what are some ways I can feel that, you know? Um, yeah, without feeling bad or judged, you know, uh, that, that's what it comes down to a lot of times. Again, all of us feeling judged, um, and we internalize that to a point where it really starts to almost disassociate from reality, right? So there could be no one judging us outside, but we feel completely judged. How? Because it's an internal process we're running to make ourselves feel judged. So again, it's this inward focus of attention that really, I don't know how you would resolve any weight issue if you didn't have some awareness of how to influence yourself on the inside, how you're thinking, how you're feeling, and then ultimately how you're behaving. You see? So again, that's the, that's the, the path I see. I think if you want to change your behavior, right, that's what everyone wants to do. Well, first off, you know, you want to change the result, right? So you have to change the behavior. And so people say, well, I want to lose weight, so I'm going to eat different. Okay, great. But there's the other levels. If you want to eat different, that's a behavior. How do you influence that behavior in a consistent way? Well, you have to change how you feel because you behave in ways that aren't just necessarily logical. You know you shouldn't eat the cake or the cookies or the cupcakes, but you eat them anyways. Why? Because you're hungry or you're tired. You know what I mean? You just, you eat them. And the feelings come from the thoughts. So if you want to change your behaviors, you need to change how you feel. And if you want to change how you feel, you need to change how you think. Ultimately, it's all about how you think. You know? So I hope that all helps you out, you know? But listen, at the end of the day, you know, listen, we're all humans just living a human experience, trying to do the best we can. Okay. So, so let me leave you with that, that, um, there's an NLP presupposition. And I love it. Neurolinguistic programming which says people make the best choice available to them, you know? And so that's one of the things that I, I'm, I'm proud of when I work with people is they never feel judged by me. You know, I'm never judging someone because I know that everyone's doing the best thing they can and that you're really just running the program that you've learned in your life. And so I, I was, is it my Angelou said like, when you know better, you can do better. I like that idea. Let me take it a little bit deeper. I think of that, like when you know something new when you know a new way to approach something, you have like new programming. You can live in a new paradigm. There's new Wow. You know, and when it comes to weight, most of us are trapped in this very limited box of how to lose weight. And we're trying to figure everything out, always in this little box. And I think the best ways to break out of that and realize there's other ways to approach all this, you know, and I think a lot of it starts, especially with weight, either side of it that you're on is that 
you know, listen, you know, it's, it's to have some grace with yourself, you know? Um, so I just want to talk about this for a second. I don't really talk about this enough and it bums me out. And, and to be honest, eating disorder stuff just brings it up to the surface, but it's not, it's not really a lot different than people are struggling with the overweight because I think where, where the convergence is, is people hating their bodies, hating themselves for whatever reason. And so they're just generating all this, this judgment, self-judgment, this self-hatred. And it makes me sad because I know you're just doing the best you can. I know that. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I know for a fact you're doing the best you can. And, um, and I respect that. And I think, you know, even the fact you're listening to this, you know, it's like you want to do better. And I know you can do better too, you know, but I think doing better starts by, by, by loving yourself and letting yourself off the hook a little bit. This, I'm going to talk about something real quick. Okay. So there's a concept called transactional analysis. And basically the idea is that we all have voices in our head, right? And so he would define it in three voices. He would say, we have a child voice, we have a parent voice and we have an adult voice sometimes. So we've all been children. We all know what it's like to be a child. And so there's literally a part of your brain that's literally right now, because they've done this, they've done um, brain surgery on epileptics and they, they probe and poke different parts of their brain and stimulate different parts of their brain. And sometimes they'll simulate certain parts of the brain and the person, when they're doing brain surgery, the person's awake. Your brain has no nerves in it, so you can poke around, doesn't hurt. And so um, they'll electrically stimulate a part of the brain and the person will have a dual experience. They'll know they're in the operating room as you know their 40-year-old self and they'll simultaneously have a memory experience that feels as real momentarily. And they'll have an experience of when they were five years old. And this we do this in hypnosis all the time. You can age regress people back to any age that they were at. And, um, and you, can, you can have them handwrite and they write like a little kid. It's, it's fascinating. I did it. I talked like a little kid. It was so weird. And so um, we, in our minds, we have all these, we have these three main voices. But what tends to happen is we have this child voice and the child voice, the child personality is the part of you that wants to lose weight or wants to be loved or wants to have everyone, you know, care for you and, and you want to be nice and happy and all those good things. But then we have this parent voice and a lot of times they make a distinction now, this isn't about your parent being good or bad, okay? But every parent is good and bad, right? Everything's good and bad. And so there's a term when we have that bad parent voice, the one's really disciplinary and is yelling at us and, and beating us up, is that they call it the pig parent. And so a lot of times in our mind, what we've created is this dynamic of the pig parent and the child. And the child says, you know, again, it depends which side of the equation. I just want to lose weight so I can be loved. Um, I guess they both say that to some degree. I just want to lose weight so I'm not judged anymore which thing is going to do that. And then this voice here comes in and it's just like, you're never going to be enough anyways. You're not good enough. And it's just, it's a shitty voice. You know, it just makes us feel like shit. This is primarily what I work on my private clients is changing this internal voice, you know, because it keeps us stuck. We want to make changes. We want to be better. We want to eat better. We want to feel healthier and happier. And this voice, like when we try it and then we do a little good and then we make a mistake and this voice, Man, I told you we're never going to do it. So you don't care. You don't give a shit. And it just beats us down. And so what you want to do is work on developing this adult voice because there's a good chance you didn't have a real nurturing, encouraging, supportive voice that really helped you grow and evolve into the person you want to be. So you kind of have to take this on yourself to some degree. I had a wonderful mom. She didn't have the skills to help me do that in, in the complete way that I wanted. Okay. So it's been a 30-year process for me of really developing that, that adult voice. Some of my, my clients call it like a coach voice, whatever you want to call it. But it's a voice that says, because I can't rate the child's in the middle. And it's like, if you're going to change your eating, if you're going to make changes in your weight and your lifestyle and anything in your life, you got to understand you're going to make mistakes. 
guaranteed, right? So when you make that mistake, I was working on a client yesterday, we we're doing it. So she's been doing like, she's been drinking water every day. She's been getting to sleep more, not hitting the snooze button. She started meal planning, kind of making some meals, right? And she's been doing that for, for a week or two. And then all of a sudden, you know, she, her whole life went bonkers this week. She had people visiting her and just things went crazy. And some of those things fell away a little, right? And so I think of it as like this child was just, oh, I was doing good. Look at me. And then this other voice comes and said, look at you. See, I told you you weren't going to keep it up. I knew you couldn't do it much longer. Look at you. You don't give a shit. Here you go again. And it's way worse than what I'm saying. Lots of swears, lots of really digging deep comments, right? And so it's like, if that's how you're talking to yourself, what do you think is going to happen? You know, when you, you want to think about when you want to become this other version of yourself, it's like this this delicate little flower, this delicate little chick, you got to nurture and support it with this adult voice. It says, hey, it's okay. <laughs> look what you did the last couple of weeks and look how much better you felt. And this, these people come out, it's okay. That's normal. Let's just get back on track. What can we do to kind of keep this going, you know? And tell that other voice to shut the fuck up. It, it's like, you know what I mean? We all have this voice in our head and we just think like that's going to motivate us to do the thing, but it's making us miserable, you know? And this is hypnosis, you are your own best or worst hypnotist because you're up in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day, you know, and you get this fucking negative shitty voice talking to you and it's miserable. It's miserable and it makes you feel miserable. So it's not you feeling miserable. It's this voice that you've internalized. And so I think, I don't know, like the only way to create change, I mean, cognitive behavioral therapy kind of gets to this, right? So what are the thoughts you're having that lead to the behavior? So I, I like that. It's the most well-studied approach to change. So yeah, great. I like some of it. But to me, it's like hypnosis goes 10 miles past that and says, let's develop a confident, supportive, encouraging voice. You know what I mean? So that when you make a mistake, it's like, hey, it's okay. Not not a dumbass voice that says, oh, it's a, you just keep eating it. So what? so what if you eat that stuff? It's not that voice. It's a voice that says, yeah, okay, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's make it happen. That's all right. So you took a step backwards. No big deal. What do we learn from it? How can we grow from it? My, you know, my, my entire program is built around that idea of how do you make a nice voice in your head that supports you, encourages you along the way, right? Because, you know, you've got that voice in your head, that shitty negative voice. Does it help you? Is it helping you? Or is it making you miserable? Is it discouraging you? Is it frustrating you? Is it making you feel like crap no matter what your weight is? That's what I think. I'll tell you, I'll take it to an extreme. That's why your weight, your weight doesn't define how you're feeling, Someone says, yeah, food's a fuel for my body, not a way to deal with my emotions. Yeah, yeah, that's ideal. That's where you want it to be, for sure. Um, I had a, 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 a woman, and she, um, I, I certify her as a, a program yourself thin coach, and she was a competitive bodybuilder. And so I said, what was it like, you know, she, she, she as a woman, would get this single-digit body fat, right? The, the most, you know what I mean? The ultimate, the ultimate whatever people think they want with their bodies, you know? And I said, what was it like when you got into a single digit competitive bodybuilding shape? Like it's, you're about to go on stage and you're in the, you're looking at the mirror and you reflect, you do all this stuff. What, what were you thinking? You're like, oh my God, I made it. I did it. She goes, nope. She got, I just, I noticed, oh, look at that, that little part. Oh, that part's not good enough. That part's not good enough. Do you know what I mean? So what I'm trying to tell you is that the external reality is not what's dictating how you feel inside, you know? And so it, it's hard. How do you protect yourself from third eye attacks? I don't know what a third eye attack is. But it sounds interesting. <laughs> so anyway, so everything's self-generated. But once you understand that, right? Once you understand that, you know, because it's like you have external stuff and then you interpret it and then you experience it. And so once you realize that ultimately you're in control of how you feel more than just even what the results are on the outside, um, you start to take control of that process. And you realize, like me, 
if I want to lose weight, I don't want to feel like shit and then just force myself to eat well. I want to start feeling better so that I want to eat well. I hope that makes sense. And so it starts by having a congruent goal right off the bat, you know, where you want to go with it all, you know? So third eye attacks equal other people's projected thoughts towards you. Oh, that's cool. I'd never heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, so I'll tell you what works for me, and I don't know if this will be the same experience you had, but I remember when I was doing my, my hypnosis NLP training, they gave us a protective bubble. <laughs> and so they kind of gave us this, this, again, it's just a hypnotic suggestion. Listen, all hypnosis is use your imagination. So I can't sit here and hypnotize you and force you to think whatever. You can choose to think stuff or not. You can go along with it and have fun with it or not. It's up to you. And so basically it was the idea that we have our protected bubble and that this protected bubble saves us from people's stupid ass comments or projections. <laughs> and so they hit the bubble and they just fall down and they don't go to us. And so it's just an imagination thing, but I have loved that, you know, and it's really been helpful. I always say, I joke around with this. I didn't make this video, but it's like, if you really want to succeed in life, I swear the radio station you want to listen to is WGAF, which is who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? Fuck them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so um, I can't make it any more simple than that. I, I say that to myself probably 20 times a day. You know, when I first started, I mean, it's, I've done that at every stage of my life because here, you know, interesting enough, when I was 19, I was 50 pounds heavier. I was miserable. I was binge drinking. I was on a shitty path. And just out of the blue, miracle times, the heavens opened up and I, I took a semester off from college. And, um, Long story short, within within a month or two, this all happened. I, I'm not making this up. I got exposed to hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins, guitar, martial arts, yoga, and meditation. All of those things entered my life within a couple months, and it completely changed everything in my life. I, I mean, 100%. I got so obsessed with it. Like, I started getting tremendous results um, in every area of my life, Um and I was in school. I was getting. I got a degree in business. I got a, a major in finance and investments and economics. And um, it was a funny timing of events, right? So I was in the. I got the degree, but at that point, I was just in this stuff full, full force. So it was like, got that degree and just you know. Then I went and got certified and all the other stuff: hypnosis, NLP, yoga, strategic coaching, all that. But anyways, along the way, I had to tune into that radio station a whole lot, right? So first off, was like. Well, when I started being healthier, people around me were not supportive. I mean, luckily my wife and I were together then and we, we had each other. So that was very helpful and very valuable. Um, but pretty much everyone else, now they loved me, but when you change, it, it makes things a little weird sometimes. So I remember I had a, a family member, you know, I was put a website, even back in the day, we were so into this stuff. Um, he's like, oh, you're in a cult, you know, you're a health nut, you weirdo. People just all negative stuff, you know, everyone... Again, there's not, nothing wrong with being gay, but everyone would be like, oh, so I do yoga and I started being a vegetarian. Everyone's like, you know, question my masculinity. And back then it was, it was a thing, you know, and it's like people are attacking me, you know, for doing what I thought was a better, healthier thing. And so from day one, it really was like, fuck you. I, I don't care. It's my life. Do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. I think there's got to be a bit of that. <laughs> if you got an eating disorder, I wouldn't suggest going all the way. Listen to people in some ways, okay? Um, but a lot of times in life, you got to move forward. And yeah, you really got to do that because like, again, we are trapped into, as a human being, you you have mirror neurons. You have this thing called this theory of mind, which they haven't like pinpointed it, but it's this idea that we are all connected to somewhat. We used to live in small groups and being part of that group was very important. And so now when we do something different, it does break rapport a little bit. There, there is an impact there. And um, I'll tell you, you know, like, like being thin, being healthy, being a vegetarian, 
um, being a yogi, being a hypnotist. These are weird things in this culture. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's like, I'm a strange duck in, in, in America to some degree. There's stranger people for sure. But to some degree, we're all weird. But, but I, I would say if you want to become at your goal weight, if you want to be healthy, if you want to be happy, if you want to become internally oriented and really focus on your own happiness and health, you're going to be an outlier. You're going to be strange. You're not going to be going along with the norm. And so I do think you need a decent amount of who gives a fuck, you know, and that's just been consistent along the way. Like when I was like, oh, I'm going to go get certified as a hypnotist and be a hypnotist now. You know what I mean? Like, do you think I had a bunch of people cheering that on? Nope. Um, I, like, oh, I was on my wife. So I'm, I'm so thankful for that, you know, and it's like, you know, we, we, we had each other and that, that was thankful. But again, I think that's true. I think it's hard to do on your own. I think, but if you have one person, you know what I mean? Like, like that's a big deal. Um, you know, but, and then. But then it's like, even in my business, it's always these levels of, yeah, what do you have to fight against primarily? I think it's this internal thing. Like, well, what are people going to say? What are people going to think about me? What are they thinking? What are they thinking? You know? And I say, fuck them. Fuck them. I don't care. I don't care about 99% of them, first of all. And then if they're, if they're part of my life and they don't appreciate it, well, that's cool. We can agree to disagree. And, um, you know, that's fine. But I'm not going to let other people's thoughts stop me. And I'm certainly not going to let my thoughts about what other people might possibly think about me stop me. Now I'm saying that not that I don't deal with it. I do deal with it. But again, I can't tell you it's a, I'm a big believer in mantras like that. Mantras are a form of hypnosis. You know, you just keep saying these and we all do it to some degree, but, but I am regularly in my head saying, fuck it. Who cares? Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> and I'm saying that because we're not doing the lives. So it's like, I know that there's a video going nowhere. I, I don't like to like use, swear too much on these um, for some reason, but I swear a lot in my, my personal life, but I, I try not to do it too much, um, pr- professionally, you know what I mean? But, um, but I'm honestly like, like even when I was gonna start doing TikToks, right? It's like, oh, people are gonna think I'm a clown, you know? And, um, fuck them. I, I don't care. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? <laughs> Just, you hear me say it like, I say it's like a mantra, you know what I mean? Yeah. Television is absolutely a form of hypnosis, you know? So you gotta like, you gotta create your own hypnosis. That's what, to me, self-hypnotic programming is the, the process I create, came up with. Um, it's like self-hypnosis. It's like hypnotic programming, but it allows you to understand the outside programming coming in at you. And it comes at you from television, from media, from the internet, from people in your life, um, from people that aren't in your life that come through social media and these other channels you don't even know. And um, the way you imagine their response is probably one of the biggest limiters of what will control your behavior. Absolutely. Um, just imagining what imaginary people will say about what you're going to do. Right. And that can become your internal mindset. If you're like, well, I want to do X, but everyone's going to think I'm a clown and going to make fun of me. If that's how you're thinking about it and you got no antidote response to that, you're probably not going to do it. Right. So, okay. So I, I I certified people last year and it's like, so I've, I've got a million certifications, not a million, I got like seven or eight of them, but I get certifications. And what happens when people get certified in hypnosis, yoga, hypnosis, get degrees, whatever. It's like, yeah, you get that. But then there's the next level of creating the confidence to actually do the job. And no one ever helps you with that, you know? And so it's the same thing with the weight loss and all the rest of it. It's like, there's so much of it of feeling judged and what people are going to think about you, you know? So you need to have some strategy to deal with that. And that's mine. (laughs) <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I try to be honest with you. That's truly what I say a lot when I feel that nervousness and I feel it. I feel it all the time. So it's not pretending it doesn't exist. It's not ignoring it and saying, oh, who cares? That don't work for me. Um, I have to come up with a real response that when I say it, it really does impact me. Oh, you're welcome. I, I hope this helps you out, you know, 
but I say it all the time. Now you got to look at it honestly. I mean, you do, I, I, who gives a fuck? I do say that a lot, but I do also, I don't want to be closed off to other people's input. You know what I mean? I try to be objective and, and look at things as, I'm a big fan of the phrase, like cleaning the lenses of your perception. I want to take in information um, that, that other people are providing, but I want to be able to have the distinction of like, that's, that's relevant, that's going to help me, and that's just some thing I'm running in my head that's not helping me. Okay. And, um, and differentiating those. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Farm girl. Yeah. Check it out again. Everyone go, go get this hypnosis session. I'm giving you. I just giving you everything I'm telling you. And there's all sorts of Easter eggs in there as well, depending on what you do, because the phrase I use, and I haven't been saying this enough in my lives, but the phrase I live by and that I tell everyone is that action is rewarded. Action is rewarded. I've burned that deep into my brain. Um, if I was going to give her a tattoo, I, that might be a tattoo I would get. Because that's like the hardest part of change in any area of your life, certainly with weight, is that you have to take the action first and the reward follows. And um, so you have to convince yourself and focus yourself on the action piece of it, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, if you want to lose weight, yeah, honestly, like I'm probably the best chance you got. <laughs> I just sound like a conceited asshole, but I just... I don't see anyone out there teaching you a holistic approach. I see people out there teaching you tactics, information. And I don't see a lot of people that walk you over that bridge of knowing what to do to being able to do it. You know, I, I truly don't. I feel like I'm one of the few. I literally don't even know anyone else that does it. You know, I like Paul McKenna as a hypnotist, but again, those are just hypnosis tactics. I don't see anyone creating a unified theory of weight mastery. That's what I think of it as. And so, um, yeah, it all starts with our thoughts. Exactly. You know, so I think if you're serious about losing weight, even if you're not serious, <laughs> that's a funny part too. I'm always fascinated by the number of clients I've helped lose weight. And I always think it's funny. The ones that are like, I didn't even believe it was going to work Eat, throughout the process. Like I didn't even believe I was going to lose weight. And I just watched it dropping, you know, and that's always interesting to me. So sometimes even the conscious beliefs of what they have don't matter. It's really the subconscious program is driving everything, you know? And once you understand this, I'm not saying the results are always instantaneous. A lot of times they are. However, like I just asked on my program that they lost like eight pounds in the first week, you know, um, but that's not, I don't care about that. You know what I mean? I'm more interested in long-term results, you know? And so, you know, even when the results don't come instantaneously, if you can understand, like if you had more granularity about the subtle factors that are happening subconsciously that are, that are driving your weight, um, that is... That then, yeah, then maybe you take a step back and you like you mess up, but at least you can understand what happened and correct it and improve yourself moving forward. And and that that's really the ultimate goal, in my opinion. All right. So all right, everyone, I'm gonna get out of here. Yeah, go go get that hypnosis session. Um, I got a bunch of new videos dropping all the time, right there all the time, doing lives all the time. So um, yeah, go check that stuff out. And I hope you have a wonderful Friday night and a great weekend. I'd like to be hypnotized to babble, to still get well, oh, to be able. <laughs> I'd like to be able to, to be hypnotized to be able to still get my work done with all this back pain to work. Thanks. Yeah. Pain's difficult, but hypnosis is actually one of the better strategies. I'm not saying it always works, but it certainly should be part of your tool chest, you know? So um, it's day for me. I'm at, It's right at three o'clock. So I'm wrapping up my day, date night. I can't wait. One of my favorite days of the week. Um, so I can't wait. But everyone, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate all that. I hope this helps you. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.